Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warrior Project podcast. My name is Emmeline. I'm a mental health consultant. Over the last 10 or so years, I've endured extreme trauma and I also manage bipolar naturally. This podcast is a platform for me to share all of the unconventional wisdom that I've acquired over the last 10 years. If expansion is your thing, this is where it's at. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Worry Project podcast. Today's episode might be a little bit triggering uh, for people that have <clears throat> strong beliefs about family. Um, so that's just a little bit of a warning. What I'm going to tell you is probably going to challenge a lot of very deep rooted beliefs that you have about your family. <clears throat> I I've been thinking a lot about family, family dynamics and apart from my own experience with battling my own battling my own sort of war with which family values and which family beliefs no longer serve me or never served me in the first place. And I've found that over the years throughout my growth and development, it's been very difficult for me to dissolve certain family beliefs. And I've realized that my attachment to my family has been a lot stronger than what I thought. Um, When I say that, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm, I'm referring to attachment in the form of clinging, a form of clinging. So, when there have been things that I've wanted to do, to express, to say, I will refrain from doing it or expressing it authentically because I fear that it conflicts with my family belief system. Or when I express that I'm going to do something, I will then allow myself to indulge in feelings of guilt when I can see that it conflicts with what my parents or my family feel is best for me. And even though I'm not completely there yet, I have injected a lot of work in terms of developing my own independence as an individual, regardless of the way that my family feels about it. And I have spoken on previous podcasts about how Initially, my parents seemed to be rubbed the wrong way by the fact that I, when I graduated uni, I wasn't interested in getting involved in a normal conventional corporate job. Uh, and I think that, to be honest, I think the only reason that I didn't cop a lot of backlash from them was because I had suffered severely from mental health issues. So I think they were hesitant to tell me that they feel I should be doing something that is potentially uh, more stable, will pay me more, et cetera, et cetera. I think they refrained from instilling that into me uh, because I had suffered from mental mental health issues. I know that my brother has probably experienced similar feelings um, within the family, but obviously I think he's dealt with them differently because he didn't struggle with the mental 
health issues that I did. Um, my brother's a lawyer, which he enjoys and he's good at and he loves, but I personally feel that majority of his decision to become a lawyer has been because of my parents' influence and them instilling into us from a very, very young age that financial stability is heavily connected to happiness. And that's something that has been a very focal point of a lot of my decisions is I'm constantly trying to generate stability and security through financial means or some other mean because of my parents and the way that they have raised us to be very focused on financial stability and some sort of security, which I'm not saying that that is invalid, but it's not the be all and end all of life. It simply isn't. And it's taken me a very, very, very long time to release a lot of my grip and to release my attachment to my beliefs surrounding money and finances and worthiness and social image and expectations and standards. I've had to release my grip on a lot of the things that I know were expected of me um, and I just haven't lived up to any of those expectations within my family, basically. Um, and, and initially I felt really guilty about this and I felt that there was something wrong with me and I felt that I was unworthy and that people weren't proud of me and I had to learn to self-validate and I had to learn to generate a sense of security and stability within me, regardless of my external relationships and, I realized that I didn't want to keep chasing something in hopes that my mom and my dad would tell me that they're proud of me. I didn't want to chase anything. I just wanted to be me and I wanted to be proud of myself just for doing that. I wanted to share with you guys because you're probably, obviously I've delved into this quite deep and I have a very vast understanding of it. I mean, this is my profession. This is what I do. This is my life's work. Majority of my clients, I would go as far to say 95% of my clients, a lot of the issues that they have stem from the dynamic within the family unit. Obviously, there are instances where clients are struggling because of the uh, social economic environment that they were subjected to, or if there was something within the culture that generated a lot of guilt and shame. But even then, that still bleeds through the family unit dynamic. So a lot of people, they don't actually realize how their attachment to either their parents or the family unit or the family collective is extremely dysfunctional and is inhibiting their capacity to just be an independent human being, having a unique experience. And there are four core things that I've managed to identify that I hope will help you understand why you have such an intense push, pull, resistant resentment, but I need you. This really bizarre dynamic with, with the family unit. So, okay. So the first one that I've kind of come up with is that society and culture has conditioned us to believe that family is everything. And we have been conditioned to believe that if we do not abide by the confines of this belief of family is everything, 
then there's something wrong with us. Because we have been conditioned to carry this belief of family is everything and every t- everywhere we turn, it's reinforced in culture, society, the media, et cetera, et cetera. We allow family members to violate our boundaries, to disrespect us, to ignore our needs because we're taught that family is everything. So you might notice that the way that you fight with a sibling or the way that you fight with a parent or the way that you fight with an auntie or whoever it may be is quite volatile and it's very personal and it's like you're fighting with very sharp knives. You would probably notice that if a friend spoke to you that way or a colleague, you would not allow it. You'd probably cut them off or at the very least report them to your boss or you wouldn't allow it is is what I'm saying. Um, But we tend to justify and make excuses for family simply because we share the same DNA structure. The thing that we forget when we are adopting this belief of family is everything. We are forgetting that these family members, they're just human beings. They're just another human. They're just our peer. And I think that when we're in the midst of it, we forget and we we treat them differently because they're within the family unit. I'm not discounting or disrespecting your mother or your father or your sibling or your grandparents. And I'm not even suggesting that you do that. What I'm suggesting that you do is that you treat them the exact same way that you would treat any other human being, which is mutual respect, mutual understanding. You allow them to have their own opinion. You allow them to express themselves but you also remain fiercely loyal to your own personal boundaries. And if you're receiving abuse and volatile treatment from a family member, you don't put up with it just because they're family. And quite often the root of this dysfunctional attachment is family is everything. Family is forever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm here saying, if you're experiencing a lot of toxicity and dysfunctional attachment within your family, You don't have to remain within that dynamic. There's no law saying that you must remain close or in contact with these people. Two people have done what human beings are designed to do, which is procreate. You've come out and maybe a sibling. That's the only thing that binds you. You can be grateful and thank them for that. But remember, it's still random. It's still random that you guys have all come together and just because you share the same DNA does not mean that you're that you're the exact same and it doesn't mean that you're bound to one another. They're still human. Okay? So that's the first that's the first thing that I've identified is that we are heavily impacted by this collective value or belief that family is everything. And I'm here saying that they're not. Family is not everything. Everything is everything. Every other human being everyone on this earth is your peer. Okay. So just release your grip around that belief because it's not rooted in truth anyway. Okay. The second thing I've identified is that, and this is another reason why we struggle with family dynamics. Our initial impressions of ourselves and the world around us are formed within the confines of the family unit. 
So because everything that we are experiencing and the way that we relate to ourselves and the world around us is formed within the family unit, there tends to be a degree of emotional dependency that keeps us rooted in the family unit and it provides us with a sense of safety. The reason we feel safe is because we can relate to the people around us because we are all relating to the world and ourselves in a similar way. So because of this, we tend to refrain from developing our own sense of individual safety. So we will allow the family unit to provide us with that safety rather than cultivating and developing it within. We tend to rely on the inherent belief that we are extensions of our family. So it's almost as if imagine that you know that there's an octopus and an octopus has eight arms the center of the octopus is the family belief system and set of values and the eight arms and legs that are stemming from that are you and your family members and you develop this belief that you are rooted in this unit because everything that you have experienced so far in your life has been experienced via the impressions that you that have been impressed upon you through the family unit. So because our initial impressions of the world around us and the way that we experience the world are birthed within this family dynamic, it tends to root our beliefs, our values, and the way that we experience things on a very, very, very deep level. And it keeps us within the confines of the family unit and we start to associate safety with the family unit and it inhibits us from developing independent thinking essentially okay the third thing that i've identified we inherit our family beliefs which develops and i know that this is a i'm I'm essentially saying the same thing but in subtle different ways but hear me out with this one when we're born into our family and we inherit their DNA, we also inherit their values and their belief system. Because of this, it develops a sense of sameness within the family unit. Now, humans, we are tribal creatures. So we like to feel that we belong somewhere. We like to have the safety and security of, oh, I'm okay because someone else is like me. The only thing that is like you within the family unit is the DNA, okay? There are other people in the world that don't share your DNA that are probably just like you, that you would feel are like home as well, okay? But because you are so conditioned to stay extremely attached to the family unit, your sense of sameness quite often will just come from within the family unit. We feel bound to our beliefs and we tend to retreat back to the family unit rather than challenging ourselves to absorb new beliefs and dissolve the family ones that no longer serve us or that never served us in the first place. So because we have this very strong sense of sameness, it tends to inhibit our capacity to go and explore other similarities or other connections outside of the family unit. I mean, you might go and explore them and indulge in them, but quite often you will retreat back to the family unit because that's where you feel most at home because you are carrying a set of beliefs 
which were given to you at birth that you had no choice in, that you didn't consent to, but nonetheless, they were given to you. So you will quite often retreat back into that space because it's familiar, it's safe, there's a very deep sense of sameness, okay? So even though even though there is potentially a set of values and beliefs that don't align with you and that don't feel good for you, they feel safe. They feel safe because they're familiar. They feel safe because the rest of your family has them. They feel safe because they were given to you from birth and you have nurtured them since then. So even if you don't fully align with the values and the beliefs that are being instilled into you. So for example, I'll use my parents, my family as an example. So from a very, very, very young age, I don't even know the origins of it, but I have been raised and conditioned to associate a lot of my worthiness with how educated I am, how intellectual I am and how much money I'm making. So something that I had to work tirelessly to dissolve was the connection between financial, you know, financial situation and worthiness. There were times when during my business, I was making a lot of money and that made me feel good. And then there were times where, because my business is seasonal, there were times when things would drop for a period of a month and I would feel extremely depressed and I would take it extremely personally. I would take all of it personally. And I observed these intense, significant swings that I would experience. And I noticed that my mood was inherently connected to how much money I was making because the values and beliefs that I had been raised with were that I'm more valuable and more worthy if I'm earning more money. And that if I can assume a certain role that also shows my intellectual capacity, I'll be deemed as more worthy, more valuable. I might earn more money. And then there I am, I'm happy. So I had to really work on dissolving my family beliefs around money and money generating stability, because I realized that that's just an illusion. I realized that having more money doesn't really change that much internally. And I realized that if I can develop an unwavering sense of solidarity and stability within me, I'm far less likely to be impacted by my financial situation, whatever it may be. And that was a really, really hard, it was a really hard thing for me to sever the attachment between. But once I did it, I I feel so free and so liberated and so balanced because I understand that everything around me is not a reflection of me and that nothing around me is personal. So that's just an example of, it was hard because obviously my whole life I had been conditioned to believe that my only path was to go to school, get a higher education, get a good job, earn good money, buy a nice car, buy a nice house, ABCD, et cetera, et cetera. And when I started to feel points of resistance within me and just stickiness, stickiness, And I realized that that's not how I want to live my life. That's actually not the life that I want to live. I don't want to work 40 hours a week. I I don't want to go to an office and have to wear corporate clothes. I actually want to work from home. I actually want to work for myself. And I actually want to do work that means something to me. 
And that's basically where my business was birthed. And it was extremely difficult to develop a business that is basically niche and unique and is not based on, there's no blueprint for the business that I run. Um, I've essentially just had to learn how to intellectualize the concepts that I've learned through healing my mental illness. And it didn't make sense to my family initially. I mean, shit, it barely made sense to me, but the thing that was guiding me was my gut and my internal guidance system. And that was something else that I really struggled with. You know, I've been raised to over identify with my intellect. I've been raised to value my thinking mind and the work that I do it demands that I abandon my intellect and I rely solely on my intuition. So that's been something that's been another huge barrier that I've had to dissolve is I've had to release my grip on my intellect and release the notion that the more intellectual I am, the more valuable and worthy I am because that's not true. And I really believe that the reason that I feel so free in my life and I'm essentially living my dream life and I feel so liberated, it's not because of my intellectual capacity. No, it's because I've had to nurture and foster my internal guidance system and I've had to recondition myself to to not abandon the intellect but to temporarily abandon it in order to allow my intuition to come through. And that is not something that was nurtured within my family unit. And it's probably something that I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of families have different values and beliefs, but you might notice if there's stickiness or resistance, it's because you're clinging onto something that doesn't align with you. And it's very hard to dissolve that attachment. It is possible, but it takes a lot of conscious work. The fifth thing that I've identified is, and this is huge, okay, this is huge. We're conditioned to believe that there's something wrong with us if we don't feel understood or aligned with the rest of the people within our family unit. So we tend to experience a push-pull dynamic quite often. So when we start to notice and pay attention to the values and beliefs that we have been abiding by or conforming to, when you start to notice that there is resistance and friction and stickiness within you regarding this, it's very, very difficult for you to remain solid and to acknowledge that just because you feel that you don't want to conform to the rest of your family belief systems. It's hard to actually believe that there's nothing wrong with you because there's actually nothing wrong with you. It's quite the opposite. There's something wrong with everyone else because they feel that they don't have free will and they feel that they are limited to believing everything that is presented to them within the confines of the family unit. And initially you will experience resistance. You will experience backlash from your family because you're doing something different. They're going left, but you're saying, no, it actually feels better for me to go right. And that's where a lot of people tend to struggle because you do have to dissolve a lot of attachment and reliance on your family. You have to dissolve a lot of that. And something that was difficult for me was I chose to do something that my parents didn't really want me to do. I moved over an hour away from the rest of my family. I started running a business that no one understood, that I barely understood. I struggled with money quite a lot until I became more stable and understood what I was doing. There are a lot of things that I was doing on my own simply because I felt that I had to do it on my own. 
And a lot of the choices that I have made, my family and, you know, my parents, they don't agree with it and that's okay. They're allowed to disagree with things that you do. They're peers, remember. You don't have to condemn condemn them for disagreeing with you and you don't even have to expect them to agree with you. They're allowed to have their own personal opinions based on their own experiences and their own beliefs, but it shouldn't sway you from abandoning yours. And that's something that I have found difficult. There was a time where before I made any financial decisions or did anything in my life, I would call my mom and dad either for validation, for information, for approval, whatever it was. And I learned that I don't actually have to confide in them before I make decisions. And admittedly, my mom and dad, I think they feel disheartened that I have pulled away so much from the family unit, but that doesn't mean I don't love them. Of course I love them. Of course I still want them to be a part of my life, but I'm no longer allowing their values to run my life. And I think there was a transition and an adaptation uh, period of time because, yeah, it's wild to, to be living one way for the majority of your life and then to start to realize, hey, I don't actually have to live this way. So it is a shock to the family system and you will feel like a black sheep and you will feel like you're on your own. But the other side is much more fulfilling. And I don't regret any of the, the decisions that I've made. I, I probably don't make my parents proud. I know they don't love me any less. I know they love me the same. But they're probably not proud of the life that I have or the decisions that I've made. But that's okay. That's okay because I'm proud. I'm proud of the life that I live. I'm proud of the decisions that I've made. I'm proud of every single thing that I've endured because it's brought me to this place. And I'll always love my parents for supporting me through my mental illness because they did. They didn't know what the fuck to do. All they knew is that I needed love. That's what they gave me. They didn't give up on me. Yeah, there were times when they had to have discussions amongst them because they were convinced that I probably might not come back from where I'd run off to or there was a chance that I would kill myself. But they never gave up on me and I will always love and cherish them for that. But that doesn't also mean that I have to live by their values and their beliefs. And I know a lot of this stuff can be complex and hard because a lot of us think, well, who am I if I'm not my family? You're nothing and you're everything. And I think that that's very hard for people to realize and to accept because for so long you've been abiding by the same set of values and standards. So I understand. I've got another note here, another note here that I've written. When you're no longer a child relying on your caregiver, you're actually free to make your own choices and develop your own belief system. You don't have to force yourself to engage with people or places that don't align with you simply because they're family. You're allowed to view your family as peers, equal human beings. You don't have to put your family on a pedestal. You don't have to hold onto resentment or expectation towards them. You're allowed to be free from the confines of the family unit. You don't have to accept mistreatment just because they're family. You're allowed to create your own safety. It's not just about respecting the family. It's about respecting all of humanity and treating everyone equal. Once you become an adult and you are no longer relying on the caregivers, you you be free. You're free. You're allowed to be free, respectfully free. And I think 
a lot of people out there need to hear this. They need to hear that they don't have to uphold traditions, values, cultural expectations and standards. You don't have to uphold anything, especially if it doesn't align with you. And trust me, you'll notice the way that your life starts to feel lighter and less heavy when you start to honor your internal guidance system over the external values and beliefs that have been driving you. I hope all of this made sense. I uh, will turn this into a blog. So if you're someone that's into reading blogs and reading, it will be on my website. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in for another, I hope not long and boring episode. If you'd like to chat, you can reach me on my Instagram, The Warrior Project, or my website on the contact page, thewarriorproject.com. Other than that, thank you so much for tuning in, and I really hope to see you on the next one. Mm